Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. In 1924, Witness Lee was dynamically saved by the Lord as a young man in his native China, and he promptly consecrated the rest of his life to the gospel. He co-labored with Watchman Nee for parts of the next three decades, and in 1962, Witness Lee was led by the Lord to come to the United States. During his 35 years of service to the Lord in America, he ministered in weekly meetings and weekend conferences, delivering thousands of spoken messages. Much of his speaking has since been published as more than 400 titles, many of which have been translated into numerous foreign languages. He gave his last public conference in February 1997 at the age of 91. We're happy today to be able to bring you recorded excerpts from his speaking and encourage you to contact us if you have any further questions or comments. Please send email to radio at lsm.org. Now, let's join today's program. Revelation is a book that shows us many things in many unique ways. And among the focal points of this book, surprisingly, is the churches of God. Notice the term churches, and not just the more generic term church. Well, what do these churches look like in Revelation? What they look like is the subject of our life study today, and Francis Ball has joined us to help us consider the seven golden lampstands, among other things, in the book of Revelation. Welcome back to the program, Francis. Well, it's very good to be here, Chris, and I really look forward to this. I feel like this is an opening up of a, a view that maybe few have ever seen. Yeah, I think that that will be the case uh, frequently in this life study of Revelation. I, I know it was the case uh, during Matthew from the calls and letters and comments we got from our listeners. Uh, I think you and I had the feeling many times that we really hadn't seen this before uh, to the same extent that it was developed in the life study of Matthew and now to go on to Revelation. It's really a pleasure to be able to handle these pages back to back, these messages. We want to look at a term today that appears early in Revelation and it's a term that's very important to how this book is interpreted in this ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. The term we're considering is this, the testimony of Jesus. And it's interesting that it appears twice in the first chapter. In verse 2, it says, who testified the word of God and the testimony of Jesus, even all that he saw. And then again in verse 9 it comes up, I, John, your brother and fellow partaker in the tribulation and kingdom and endurance in Jesus, was on the island called Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. Francis, what's interesting is that if you read these in context, in both cases, what follows immediately after this phrase is John turning and referring to the churches. There's probably a point here that we shouldn't miss, isn't there? I'm sure there is, and I hope we don't miss it. I hope we can see it more clearly even while we're speaking here today. Well, let's um, take a look at verse 110. Now, this is important as we jump into this matter today. John says, I was in spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet, saying, What you see, write in a scroll and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus and to Smyrna and to Pergamos and to Thyatira and to Sardis and to Philadelphia and to Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spoke with me and when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. 
and in the midst of the lampstands, one like the Son of Man. Amazing description. The first appearance, really, of the Lord Jesus to the Apostle John as he gave him the revelation was in the midst of the lampstands, Francis. Yes, that's a marvelous combination of verses there unfolding to us what's in the midst of the lampstands and what the lampstands are there for. Well, let's join Witness Lee with the first fellowship from him today, and then we'll be back to talk about it a little bit. This book, firstly, reveals Christ. Secondly, it shows us the testimony of Jesus. In other words, this book is just Christ and the church. Both Christ and the church are revealed in a particular and unique way. Many points concerning Christ have never been revealed in other books. So it is with the church. In this book, the church is revealed in a very, very particular way. The Lamb's Tent. This kind of a term has never been used in the other books in the New Testament. Not one does tell us that the church is the Lamb's Tent. As the Lamb's Tent, the churches are shining. And shining is mostly for darkness and mostly in the dark night. Now, just such a single word could help us a lot to understand what is the church and what is the function of the church. The church is the lampstand. Don't forget, the lampstand itself is not a lamp. The lampstand is a stand that holds the lamp. Without the lamp, the lampstand means nothing. Without the lamp, the lampstand is just in vain. The stand holds the lamp for shining. And this is the testimony. Who is the lamp? God is the light. And the lamp is the lamp. Christ is the lamp, and the church is the lampstand holding the lamp. Now, you can see again, God in Christ, and Christ as the lamp is held by the stand to shine out God's glory. This is the testimony of the church. The lampstand as the local churches are golden in nature. To say that the churches are divine in nature is absolutely scriptural. The church is composed with humanity plus divinity. Gold in typology always signifies the divinity of God the divine nature of God. Now, the golden lampstand, by such a simple and brief term, we can realize a lot. That, number one, the church is something shining with Christ. And number two, the church is in the divine nature. It's 
very constitution must be divine, even the divinity of God himself. Francis, when John turned to see the voice that he heard, what he saw were golden lampstands, seven of them, with the Son of Man in the midst. First of all, Francis, how do we know that the lampstands here represent the churches as the testimony of Jesus? First of all, you can see it by the very definition. They're golden, and uh, by their very function, they're shining. And the material out of which they're made is golden. The shape that they have is a stand. And the stand, as Brother Lee pointed out, is not the lamp itself, but it's what holds the lamp. The lamp is the lamb. L-A-M-P is the L-A-M-B. And we know that is Christ. He's in this stand. But even he is not the shining one here. God is the light. And the light is in the lamp. And the lamp is the shining. And the stand is holding that shining lamp. So this really makes it clear to us, if we would be like John was, he said, I was in spirit on the Lord's day when I heard this and I saw this and when I was told to send it out. So if we would be those in spirit, we would also see what he saw, that these seven lampstands represent and are types, are pictures of seven churches shining out the light. Wherever they are, they shine out the light of the lamp, which is the Lamb, and the light, which is God Himself, for shining out. The churches are for shining out the light of God. Francis, there is a lot of reference to the churches and the church in the book of Revelation. I think it's good to point out to our listeners, these first all six or seven messages in this life study are very much introductory, and they somewhat look ahead and give a kind of a broad scan of the whole book. We really haven't started yet. Uh, on a sort of chapter-by-chapter, verse-by-verse look uh, through the lens of the life study. We'll get to that probably next week. But right now, we're going to see that these matters are touched early in the book and developed again and again as we progress through Revelation. So we want to look at another type of the church, this time that's seen in chapter 12. And a great sign was seen in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon underneath her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. And she was with child, and she cried out, travailing in birth, and being in pain to bring forth. And she brought forth a son, a man-child, who is to shepherd all the nations with an iron rod. And her child was caught up to God and to his throne. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels went to war with the dragon, and the dragon warred and his angels. And they did not prevail, neither was their place found any longer in heaven. And the great dragon was cast down, the ancient serpent, he who is called the devil and Satan. A lot of conjecture, Francis, in Christendom about this man-child and these events. We really hope there's fresh and new and very penetrating light in these uh, words that our listeners are about to hear. Let's go back to Witness Lee. Now, we go on to uh, the woman with the man-child. The woman represents the whole body of God's people. And her child represents the stronger part of God's people. Among God's people, there is the stronger part. And within the woman, there is the man child. This is also a kind of a symbol of the church. 
we all have to realize the church is not just the lampstand. It's not just a great redeemed multitude, but also a woman with the mantle. She is persecuted by Satan because she is God's people for all the generations. In all the generation, there is a part of God's people. And in every generation, that part of God's people is always persecuted by Satan, yet kept by God from the serpent during the great tribulation for three and a half years. This stronger part will be raptured to the throne of God before the great tribulation. In other words, the woman will be left on the earth to pass through the great tribulation. But the stronger part will be raptured to the throne of God before the great tribulation. Why? Because God has a need of them. God needs them to go up to the heavens to fight down Satan. God has many angels to fight against Satan. But God wouldn't do that way. Yes, the angels are fighting, will be fighting, but the final victory will not be gained by the angels, but by the mantle. Eventually, the mantle will cast Satan from the heaven down to the earth. Jesus needs his body to execute his victory over the enemy. Yet, not the whole body, because many members of the whole body will be a failure in this matter. Only a stronger part will execute Christ's victory over sin. So they will be raptured to the heavens to accomplish this job. Oh, these are big topics to cover in just a few minutes, Francis. I believe so. The man-child comes out of the woman, and this man-child is then utilized by the Lord to fight against and subdue his enemy. Actually, it's very clear from the verses we read before that section. If our listeners will go back and read this first part of chapter 12, uh, the sequence is quite clear. There are various interpretations, Francis, of just who the woman is and who the man-child is. Let's touch the main points again and why we believe very strongly that the woman here is the aggregate of God's people and the man-child represents the stronger part of God's people. Yes, Chris, we have to realize that we're not reading about the birth of Jesus in Matthew, but we're talking about Revelation. And this is, uh, by way of signs, is making God's purpose and way known to us. And this woman is uh, clothed with the sun and the moon and 12 stars over her head. Now, this uh, really shows in typology that this includes all of God's people, and particularly it represents the church in this age. So in the church is a stronger part, as he defined in his message, called the man-child. 
Now, some people think that that was Mary and the birth of Jesus. But no, we're not back in Matthew. We're talking about Revelation. That man-child is a stronger part of the woman, which means that there is a stronger part among Christians that will be the overcomers who will eventually be used to cast Satan out of heaven and down to the earth. I think there's really very much here, Chris, that our listeners will have to get as we go through this, because uh, this is quite involved. It's quite simple once you see the key, but it's quite involved because we have a lot of concepts about all these figures that are used in Revelation. But if we see them in the light of the whole Bible, and we see it in the light of God's dealing with his people today, we'll have a lot of Revelation. Yeah, of course, chapter 12 in Revelation is uh, one of the main chapters in the the Revelation that's unfolded in these pages, and more than we can possibly hope to touch in just one segment today. As I said before, we're trying to give just a an overview, maybe some appetizers, when we eventually get to chapter 12 and can get into these matters in a lot more detail. Many of the things we're just kind of throwing out today will be developed and explained. We do invite you, though, as I mentioned this, if you would like to contact us and uh, uh, give us your impression or find out any other material, I'll go ahead and say this now instead of just at the end of the program, as we usually do. We'd love to talk with you, uh, and at the end of the program, we'll give you the toll-free number. Well, let's jump back to uh, this life study, and particularly as we go on now in Revelation and up to chapter 19, again, at the very end of the book, another marvelous type of the church is seen. In verse 7, chapter 19 now, Let us rejoice and exult, and let us give the glory to him, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. And it was given to her that she should be clothed in fine linen, bright and clean, for the fine linen is the righteousnesses of the saints. Francis, we should all realize that the church is the bride of Christ. But if we continue just a few more verses we'll see that that's not all. The bride becomes again his army. Verse 14, And the armies which are in heaven followed him on white horses, dressed in fine linen, white and clean. A very, very unmistakable linking here of the bride and the army. Let's go back to Witness Lee. If you read chapter 19, you could see, my, the church at the bride, how intimate it is. And this portion of the word says the bride will wear the bright adornment. And she will be the one or the ones that will attend the marriage feast of the Lamb. It is altogether an intimate matter. You see, to God's enemy, we have to be the mantle. To God's satisfaction, we have to be the first fruit. The now for ourselves. We have to be the bread. When we are so much for ourselves to be the bread, Christ will get the satisfaction. We are the army, the man child, we are the first fruit, and we are the bread. Not only satisfying Christ, but also making ourselves so glad. You see, this portion of the word says, be what? Glad and rejoice and rejoice exceedingly. In a general principle, 
the most happy person is a girl to be the bride. The bride is the most happy person. Yes, today we are the church as Christ's counterpart. But you know, today we are suffering. We are under the deity. But that day will come. The bride will be there. No more persecution. No more suffering. No more dealing. We have to be the bride. Then, the army, after all the raptures, and after the judgment seat of Christ, all the overcomers will come with Christ back to this earth. This army are the overcomers, are called ones, children ones, fighting with the Lamb against Antichrist and his armies. Then eventually, uh, the new Jerusalem, eventually, and ultimately, all the saved ones will be the new Jerusalem. The new Jerusalem will be a living composition of all the redeemed ones of God. They will be there the ultimate consummation of God's building of His people. Francis, this is really an interesting dual status that is seen here in chapter 19. A bride, who he described as the most happy and joyful person, and the army fighting with the Lamb against Antichrist and his army. The whole scene depicted here in Revelation, Francis, is really incredible. In the two or three minutes that we have left, maybe just comment on the linkage here between the bride, the one who is so intimate with the Lord, and this fighting army, a warrior with him. Yeah, these are really marvelous pictures of the church. The bride, that's such a pleasant anticipation that we are being the bride. That's a loving relationship. The church is so intimate to Christ. But we have to remember, there's not only this marvelous relationship between Christ and his bride, the church, but this church is also used by him as an army to fight against his enemy. So we have to remember, we not only have a wonderful Savior who is our real husband, and we're the bride, but we also have an enemy. And this enemy is Christ's enemy too. And he's fighting against that enemy, not directly, but by his bride. We know that because she's told in fine linen as the bride and also as the army, coming on white horses, riding through to defeat the enemy. That's amazing. The, the bride and the uh, army are in the same uniform, aren't they? Yes, that's what helps you to identify this army is really the bride. Well, Francis, these uh, kind of overview messages are very tasty, uh, but in many ways they kind of leave you with a lot of anticipation wanting to get to uh, uh, these matters in greater detail. So we'll have to do that as the weeks unfold before us and we get all the way through the life study of Revelation. We're just beginning. Let me point out that we have printed material that accompanies uh, these messages as we always do. Uh, we've packaged it and made it very convenient for you and invite you to call us uh, to find out about that. All of that and your comments, you can pass those on to us if you'll call us toll-free. 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. And we invite you always write to us if you would like to. It's Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. Or you can send your email to us also, radio at lsm.org. 
And please do be with us tomorrow as we continue on another look into Revelation in an overview, uh, kind of an introductory way. We'll be back then for that. Today, for Francis Paul, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. We have these recorded studies on every book of the Bible, available to you online, free of charge. Just visit our website, lsmradio.com. You can download the MP3 files, stream them live, or add them to your podcast subscriptions, all at no charge. Once more, the website, lsmradio.com. To contact us, send email to radio at lsm.org or call us at one triple eight life study that's 888-543-3788 thanks for listening today